You're listening to RC Heli Nation. I wish that I could fly way up in the sky like a bird so high. Oh, I might just try. I wish that I could fly way up in the sky like a bird so high. Oh, I might just try. Oh, I might just try. Everybody, it's RC Hell Nation version 2.0. This is Justin, and you are listening to episode number 177. I feel like crap. How do you guys feel? You sound like crap. You sound horrible. <laughs> I know, dude. And, this, and I, this cold is owning me. And uh, it, dude, it sounds like it. Yeah. 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 Well, you know. It started at the beginning of the week, and I decided that I would ignore it for the first couple of days, and look what happened. But it's okay. I'm I'm like kicking back. I got NyQuil. I got cough drops. I'm ready to rock. You got you got a mirage of stuff, dude. A mirage <laughs> of medicinal things. Uh, I still don't know where I came up with that. I'm not sure where you got. I still it know exactly what you mean, though. That's, re- that's <laughs> yeah, really that's, what matters. Yeah, well, the it's words. because he uses it so often. Yeah, but that that's the key to Not anymore. You've officially killed it. Yeah, I know. Thankfully. Oh, that hurt. So Thankfully. we're still without Dan. Dan's still taking uh, another uh, couple of weeks of break just to, uh, you know, get things together. But we do have Nick and Jesse. How are you guys doing? Fantastico. Doing you sound good. better than me. <laughs> it's yep. not not hard to do. Let's uh let's hear what you have to say, Nick. We had Jesse go first last time, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a Nick week. I I, I got a I got a feeling that a lot happened. It you know, it, it actually wasn't I don't know. I would call it one of the 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 quieter weeks really really yeah i i mean i don't know just not a lot happened i made in the 570 bought a 700 competition and joined the sab team whoa dude (laughs) what sorry i tried to play that off but it uh it didn't work man Care of okay, business. let's take this one step at a time here. <laughs> Sorry, is that a little too much to digest? Yeah, we'll, all we'll at save once? the really uh, impactful ones for last. You made okay. the five seventy. I I got my batteries, uh, and I went with uh, OptiPower six S twenty seven hundred thirty C packs running a twelve S system. Got those in. Mm-hmm. Luckily, uh, uh, to no credit to myself. They fit in there perfect, and CG absolutely flawlessly with the buffer unit in the back of the frames. It didn't have to move it, and and there's like a millimeter between the backpack and that. Dead CG perfect. So if anyone's curious about those batteries in the 570, they fit on the tray 
uh, on the Goblin Trait, flawless. I mean, front, back battery is right at the back. Front battery is right at the front with one strap hole in the middle, and I still use the lengthwise straps. Nice. So, yeah, so I got all those, uh, got those soldered up, finished. I went ahead and purchased. Uh, I did get all my V-bars done. Thank you, Jesse, for giving them, me the motivation to do that. Wasn't and too then, bad, was it? Uh, you know, I'll call it clunky, but not like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. And once you do the first one, yeah, it's a piece took, of cake. It did. You know what took me actually longer the first time was to... um was to figure out that it's not the Mikado website, but it's Vstabi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that took a while. Yeah, I'm I'm sitting there. Oh, like, it's the actual German website. Yes, it is. It's the Vstabi info, I think, or something like that. It's yeah, it's the actual like V bar website. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I did get that. I got it upgraded to Pro. Um. Got the setup all done, and yeah, got the maiden done. What? I mean, you couldn't ask for anything better. It was just textbook. Absolutely textbook. Nothing was weird. It's almost like I have flown and tuned that heli before at some time because I just, I mean, it was flawless. It was what you dream for in a maiden. I bank switched my tail gain, and again, I only I only have one set of packs so far, and they were brand new, so I took it pretty easy on it. But uh, I'm doing the break in at twenty three hundred. That's and, pretty slow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and I kind of wanted to do that because it was a kind of a mental reminder. Hey, you're breaking in the heli, and you're breaking in brand new <laughs> packs, so. Fly it nice and smooth and easy and keep the flight time short and all that. But flawless, no complaints, very uneventful, flew great, flies really big for a 550. Uh, a lot bigger than I remember a 550 flying like. Either it's that or I've just been putting so much time in on the 500. Dude, I, I think it's a situation yeah. where anything bigger than a 360 flies about the same as a 700 if you want it to. That's good yeah, to that point. I was really surprised that it handled that lower head speed nice. I had no issues with tuning on it I mean, at all. Uh, I expect to, you know, I expect to be able to do a full tune on it. I don't know, probably three, four flights completely. <laughs> up, up at, I'm, I'm shooting for, uh, what? I think I'm shooting for, 2450 2400 around in there 2450 i think what i would like to fly it at and how many degrees of pitch 13 and a half okay. i'll start there i ordered um well actually i'll get to that <laughs> but i got another set i'm gonna try the black lines on it oh, okay as well what's on oh. it right now just the factory 570s the oh, one okay. that come with it the black and white ones which they're not bad. They're actually not as bad on this one. I, you know, again, I, I never cared for the, the old six nineties that they had, but these don't seem that bad. The five hundreds, 
uh, I feel like I actually kind of gave him a bad rap because what I thought was them feeling very soft was just the case of this is a really friggin' heavy helicopter the way that it was set up. Because mm-hmm. now that I'm starting to shed the weight off of it, hey, what do you know? Everything's starting to feel a lot better. So that's mm. good. Dude, so I, I got to ask, why 30C on the packs? Is it just because that was the the C rating that had the size you wanted? Uh, it was because, you know, I'm not sure if there were, if there were the 50C versions, but uh, this comes down to weight, you know? This is not a, like we discussed last week which I got a lot of good feedback about that. Thanks for everyone that uh, sent me emails and questions and comments. And, um, you know, we're talking 12S in a 550. We're not running high currents here at all. 30C set of packs are going to be lighter. And yep. uh, the difference between, see, if, if I was going to run this helicopter on a 6S, uh, or even a 7S for that matter, I would go as high C rating on the pack as I could because you're going to be working it. Inevitably, you're going to be working it on 570 millimeter blades. So with this, uh, you know, like a 4500 or a 5050 C pack uh, in comparison to the 2700s, I'm sitting about, I think it's about 90 grams heavier with these 30 C packs. So I didn't want to go higher on the C rating because I just, it's it's not needed, and it would be extra weight. Well, and well, I mean, I'm we've curious mentioned to... before that even you know, like a, a true set of 30C packs is really all that it takes, even at like the 700 class size. You know, we've we've taken the measurements on plenty of batteries that have come out to that 28 to 35C that fly and you know hold head speed just fine. So yeah, yeah if end... they're truly 30C, and that's what I was going to say, I'd like to see your IR numbers. Yeah, I agree. This is the first set of 30C uh, opti that, Optis that I've owned. I've I've flown the 50Cs before, which, you know, as we've all discussed and ran numbers on. We're, you know, we're coming in right around 35C around in there, which is about the most I've seen out of anyone for that matter. So in this helicopter, in this setup, uh, because I'm, I'm, overboard on voltage i just really don't need that mm-hmm. that extra you know five true c out of it so uh, i love it. it it feels great uh it feels correct as far as like weight wise i'm glad that i went kind of lightweight with everything uh it doesn't feel too floaty doesn't feel too heavy uh, i'm digging it i'm i'm really digging it what, what do you think the uh the flight times are going to be on that you know, it's hard to tell because I, I flew it like a Shirley. I oh, mean, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I what'd don't you know. get? Oh, I just put a four-minute timer on and then Just landed. for break-in. Yeah, yeah. I haven't even charged that pack back up yet. Hmm. Yeah, I'll be, that'll be an interesting um, how long, you know, each for each flight you actually get. I, I really kind of, I mean, I'm thinking that I'm going to get, ah, uh, man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to say, but I would. I would be surprised if I got under four and a half minutes. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That's typically my kind of cutoff too. Above yeah. that's a bonus. Below that's not so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
It's weird because I've gotten really used to flying the Goblin 500 at three minutes and 45 seconds because those batteries were so mm. shot. So, you know, at five minutes uh, when I was flying the 700s, five minutes is like, oh, my God, this seems like forever. <laughs> Uh, so it's just kind of what you get used to. But, yeah, I, I like that four-and-a-half, five-minute mark. If everything I had flew at five minutes, I'd be, like, super happy. Yeah. I set all mine to five minutes regardless. I mean, if it can't handle five, then I'll set it less. Oh. But <laughs> if it's better than five, I'll do five. It doesn't make a difference. At least my, I know I'm not beating up the packs. My only ones that I would go longer would be when I'm going to work on, like, the you know, the the proficiency stuff, mm-hmm. and I would drop the head speed on the E700 down to 1,700 or whatever. Then I have a seven-minute timer. Or on a nitro. That is Stretch true. them out. Yeah. That is right, on the nitro. That's six-minute. So let's see. Yeah, then I guess that kind of leads into the, um, oh, no, remember how I said I was going to throw away batteries? Yes. Mm-hmm. You guys would be proud. I threw away or disposed of 11 success 5,000-ish packs. Oh, my goodness. Oh, You're yes. like a battery How hoarder. did you do it? I felt like I just, I don't even know. I, I don't <laughs> even know. Like, I felt like I was at a, a, a funeral for a school bus or something. It was horrible. It was just horrible. It, it, yeah. I discharged them down as low as I could, um, which isn't surprisingly that low on the power lab, but my asterisk there is that I didn't spend a lot of time on it. Um, Truthfully, I'd never discharged on it before, so I was pretty clunky in it, and I think now that I want to go in and learn a little bit more about it, so... Just because I say I I didn't doesn't mean that it can't. I don't really know. But I just went down to about, uh, I think I got it down to 2.8 volts or something like that. And then disconnected, left left them all hooked up to my parallel board charging setup. And then just hooked up a a light bulb. Hmm. So like actually unplugged the leads from the charger. And then only had one terminal, and I had like six packs, I think, on there. Let it go for a long time. Yeah, like two days. <laughs> it, it was on for a long time, like a, a really long time. Yeah. So that's what I did. And then me and my kid shot up a couple of them with the pellet guns. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, I know. Charged them way up. <laughs> Where it's like. Yeah, it's father-son bonding. Keep you know. going, keep going. Okay, better stop. <laughs> better stop. We were safe. Yeah, so did that. And then I also need to say thank you. I haven't had time to use it, but um, we got a couple messages uh, from numerous people who gave me the link to get the uh, Java portion issue justin that we were having oh dude i got nice. it you made it work uh yeah no i the, this uh i got two or three emails so i apologize i'm not gonna name names but i got a bunch of people from different directions facebook this were like dude install this use this java this and this will work and it was like install fire up the sim oh 
done. You should be apologizing to me for not forwarding me those emails. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, I. It, it's funny because I when I set up the 570 the other day, I decided for some weird reason, probably just because I was on VBAR's website, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to download the Mac version. Why not? I mean, really, I, that's about the only thing I, I go over into Parallels for much anymore is to use the mm-hmm. VBAR software. So I thought I'll just have the Mac version. That would be great. And it wouldn't work. Until I installed that same exact update. Oh, nice. That Java deal. Oh, awesome. Yeah. But then it didn't work anyway because I couldn't get get it to to recognize, get the right com port or something. I don't know. And at that point, it was like 1.30 in the morning. I've always had that, too, with trying to use the V-Bar on Mac. Yeah, what is it? I haven't been able to get it to work either. I don't know. So at that... It was like, okay, now we're trying to recreate the will. What I got here works. Let's just ditch that, get it set up, get it finished, and get it made. So, yes, thank you to those guys. And you know what? I might as well just, should I just, should we just put the link up in the show notes to that? Yes. Let's yeah, do that. Let's do that. Okay. I will do that. And then, yes, there is that minor wee detail. <laughs> That uh, I was asked and have accepted uh, to fly for SAB this year. Woot. Sweet, dude. Yeah, it was It was something that got brought up a bit ago. There were people listening. And, you know, wow, you sure seem like you're having a lot of fun with these goblins and this and that. And I was like, yeah, I, I really am. I mean, I am just... Genuinely, I feel completely revised. This was what I needed to just light that fire back up. And um, and it, it was mentioned, and I, thought, I was like, well, you know, wow. A, uh, I'm very flattered. B, uh, I just, I didn't know if it made sense for the show. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot to think about there. Because then people start to question, well, if you, you're you on this and then you say that, then you're only saying that because of that. And, you know, I, I took some time to think about it. And it, it's, you know, I think we're kind of at that point, the, the listeners and people that listen, they know, you know, we're just going to give it to you regardless. It doesn't matter. I mean, just because of we have our personal things that we enjoy If it's good, we're going to call that it's good. And if it's not, we're going to call that it's not. And I had, you know, last year we put just so much into traveling and this and that with the podcast. And I kind of put my personal side of the hobby, you know, the flying side of it and that portion of it aside. And this year I was just, I'm having so much fun that I thought, you know what? Absolutely. I know that I'm doing this because I'm having fun and and I enjoy it and I'm loving everything about them. So, uh, yeah, I, I, we talked and made sure that everything was all kosher and they understood that I wasn't going to change anything, (laughs) anything that I said on the show. (laughs) And, and they understood that. And, you know, they're, they're great models for me to stand behind. And I, I, I like the way that they treat their team. 
you know, which like we talked about is very important. So, uh, yeah, made sense. Said yes. And I'm very proud and thank you, Team SAB. I appreciate appreciate the opportunity. And man, Dan is going to flip when he finds out. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Dan will have a damn fit. <laughs> <laughs> Because we gonna have us some garbage in, in this now bitch. he's gonna threaten me if I don't get rid of mine to restore the balance. You know what? All, all I have off. to say about this is that you can't you can't take that away from me because well, I was the one with the goblins first. <laughs> no, I know, and you know it's funny. I this again. This has been something I've taken to you know. Uh, really talked a lot about this um back and forth with the dynamic of it some of the guys on the on the team and you know the the owner Enrico and Juan the team manager they're just they're great people and it, it really needed to make sense it's not just like oh offer yeah let's do it okay thanks cool great it's very different for us in our position and and we have to really consider all of the the, not just positives, but if there are going to be negatives that come of it. And I'm sitting here, you know, these discussions have been uh, going on. And when you were like, dude, bought a 380, I'm going, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, dude. What, what? But you know what? When I thought about that, it's like, wait a minute. Do I mention this? Do I not? No, I'm not going to. And I didn't. You you didn't know about it then. And it was because I don't, you know, if that's what you want to get that makes you happy to fly, then damn it, who cares? That's well, that what remains you get. to be seen. <laughs> yeah, yes. Well, yeah, I haven't the... flown it yet, so give me an opportunity. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> three weeks, he's going to be like, all right, good deal on a Goblin 380. <laughs> yeah. No. Nah. So I'm I'm pumped. I did as celebration, uh, and obviously because I I need to uh, need to get me some seven hundreds up in the air. I ordered a seven hundred competition. Nice. Spent a lot of time bouncing it back and forth. No carbon edition. No, I didn't. I wanted to, but I already like I'm pretty. You know, I'm content with economic choices and i already feel like i'm just like a fat kid in a candy store i mean seriously after putting together the 570 uh, i i feel i don't know i just was <laughs> like wow oh my gosh look at all of this this is so nice and so uh i i looking at the features of the carbon there's no question that it's awesome and everything that is the difference, the swash, you know, the, the canopy, the tail slider, all that stuff is, quote unquote, better, in my opinion. But I also kind of know that I'm, I'm hard on stuff, and I like to fly to have fun. I'm not going to fly these things any different than I did those trusty old E700s. I'm still going to pound them around on the ground. You know, botching fun autos, laughing, joking. You better get used to flying with the canopy on, buddy. Every flight. Every yeah. flight. Yep. You know what? I haven't flown with the canopy off in a long time. Oh, really? Yeah, that's a yeah. good point. 
Even on, you know, Even when we went out there and it was clear. Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So at some point, it changed. They just compel you to put the canopy on. I'm the same way. For me, it was actually one I started, one I really wanted to start progressing at, at uh, paraflipping and just move move above and beyond the, okay, good, clean half paraflips to the, I could throw in a double every now and then. When I really started to focus on cleaning up my doubles, uh, that's when I started flying with the canopy on because I, I couldn't keep up. I For mean, me, I it's just, just getting the CG correct. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. So no, that the carbon didn't make sense for me, but uh, I got the blue and yellow one. Love oh, dude! Nice. Now I'm gonna have to retire my blue and yellow canopy. Well, don't you have both? I have a blue and yellow and a red and yellow. It's a it's a mood thing. Blue it's and yellow mood. is a proficiency program. <laughs> red and yellow is just hanging out. Do you bring them both out to the field with you? Mm-mm. Just in case in between I make flights, a decision your mood that changes. Day. It's like it's like when oh, you get dressed up, Jesse. It's like a oh, tie. Okay. Yeah. The tie chooses you, right? Yeah. Underwear, you no underwear. You got to stand in front of the mirror. Underwear, no <laughs> Kind of see what color works. <laughs> oh, maybe maybe that's just me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about sim time, dude? Uh, so you got the Java thing working. But, but that was it. I I know. Well, hey, I got, you know, I finally at the end of last week, right after, right after we recorded, um, I finally over that last three or four days after that started to slowly feel better. So I was not burning that candle. I mean, I was doing a little bit of studying and then, you know, trying to get some decent sleep for once. And then had to get the 570 finished. So no, the time just completely snuck by me, but I feel like I have a lull at this moment. Like I have a, a good lull where I can get some sim time in. So no, no sim time, no sim. Yes. Fly. All right. Oh, you did fly. So you, oh, you yeah. did buy. You did fly. Have you yep. sold? No, <laughs> I haven't sold yet. But um, but it's coming. Yeah, if, it, if anyone needs some some good flying E seven hundreds, I I don't. I mean, they're darn good helis, but I don't really have a need for them. I'd love to pick one up, but uh, it it just doesn't match my overall objectives yeah no speed raptor no (laughs) yeah i mean i'm gonna be sad to see him go but i'm also really excited to kind of like open that new chapter you know had a lot of good flights on him i can't say anything bad about him but uh i'm also really excited for this year sweet dude congrats well thank you yeah that's awesome dude Gobble, gobble. Yeah, you can cut that out, though. We don't need to hear (laughs) that every week. That's going to get old. (laughs) Oh, you're going to get it from Dan. Don't worry, Jesse. He's going to do that every week just to make fun of Dan. 
Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. I don't it's, even want like. I mean, Nick to have to get episode. in touch with the dude that just got the goblin tattoo because we know how much Nick likes body paint. Yeah. Oh yeah, goblin tattoo for Nick. Ooh, that'd be way overboard. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, join the team. One week later, got a tattoo. <laughs> gobble 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 gobble. <laughs> no, dude. You know what you do? You just get the stamp. That says be original. Be original. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. On the canopies, absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. And all the people who are like, oh, you're not going to be able to see that canopy. Yeah, nah, 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 nah. That thing, you can see it great. And I'm sure. Well, now. Yeah. <laughs> Just gonna say how many hours did it take you to put vinyl on the thing? Well, no wonder he okay. had to go with a light build because he added about four and a half ounces of pinstriping. Yeah. Not just pinstripe. Let's. Oh, it was for CG, right? We got the you know the badass guys over at Ninja Rap hooking me up with some mm-hmm. vinyl for it. That vinyl is the ticket. Like love it, nice. love it. Love oh, it. I I got a chance to see it in person. This was. Before you made it, but it was still built and all decked out with the vinyl. And I gotta say, it looks looks good. Yeah, and you know what? The <laughs> looks first clean. thing Jesse's like, he's yeah. like, that's, "Oh, yeah. dude, you are gonna shit when you drive that thing." I'm in. like, that's yep. gonna suck to crash, dude. Yeah. Seeing all the yep. vinyl work on that thing, like, <laughs> we'll see. Ow! We'll see how yeah. many times he good luck with it. that. <laughs> you know good what? Good luck with that. I'm sticking with it, and you know why? I actually, uh, I sent an email off to them. Uh, to Joe and Travis today and was like, hey, I need to get some price on, I'm going to get like eight sets of the skid decals, uh, eight sets of the vertical fin that they made and and a whole bunch of the matching pilot stickers. And I'm just going to, I'm going to get a whole, I'll have my pile of stickers. That way yes. when I do drive it in, um, you know, I'll just grab another set of skids. Still going to hurt, on. though. <laughs> oh, dude, are you kidding me? Of course it's like good. Like, above and beyond the normal crash, it's going to... Yeah, the canopy's the one that's really going <laughs> to yeah. hurt because the pinstriping yeah. is a little tedious. Yeah. That's... But I feel that it looks... It's got such a cool factor because it's the whole RC Heli Nation thing that it's working. Yep. No, it looks good. Now that I've owned two full sets of BK high-voltage coilless servos, I can honestly say that these are the best full-size cyclic servos I have owned to date. These things are crazy fast, with a speed of 0.049 seconds per 60 degrees, and plenty strong, with a torque rating of 295 inch ounces. Oh, and to top all this off, they're only 99 bucks a piece. So whether you're looking to replace an old set of worn-out servos or outfitting that brand new heli, be sure to head over to bkservo.com. So who's next? That's my excitement. Top that. Man, I have no idea why we had him go first. You can. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. You can like switch around the orders in post, right? That's that's doable. (laughs) Yeah, that way we that that way we ramp it up to our news section. You know, we just want this nice steady incline. Sure, I'll do. No, no, no. It it was a it was a pretty good week. A little bit on the slow side. 
Um, I did, however, get some flying in last weekend. So I know I kind of mentioned last Friday on the show that drove out to the field with my truck all packed and freaking just rained the entire time. But Sunday, I finally did get a chance to make it out. And so this was really my day where, um, because if you guys remember back last week, I, I completely reset my 7HV and the N7. So wiped the settings out, reprogrammed. I was going to go back through, you know, tune the tails, get the heads, basically retune the entire heli. And so that's that was my main focus um, going out to the field on Sunday. And I got to say, I left the field slightly frustrated because <laughs> I don't think my helis were flying any better when I left the field than when I got to the field. No. Um, and man, this one is is really, really stumping me. So maybe maybe Justin can weigh in here a little bit. I'll I'll kind of describe what I'm experiencing. Um, so going out and you know I've tuned the V bar tail I don't know how many times and on specifically right now I'm talking about the seven HV. So you know how long I've had this heli I've tuned the tail with the V bar system on this heli countless times, lots and lots of times. So have a pretty good idea, you know, where the main gain is going to end up, where the P&I gain are, what kind of, you know, acceleration, stop gains, all that type of stuff. I got kind of that, you learn to develop that range in your mind where eh, it's getting a little high. I think I might need to start looking at something or, you know, just stuff starts getting out of whack. So I go out there and start flying it and do my typical routine, start with the main gain on a dial so I can increase it in flight. And I go go ahead and do the huge loops, full collective, and right aileron. Now, that's just kind of how I've developed to uh, set my tail gain. Yep. So I go ahead and go there and max out the main tail gain in the V-bar. Now, at this point, this is when I generally go back and start looking for those, uh, you know, either a really a kind of aggressive wag, maybe in that odd maneuver, or if you got that slight little wander, mm-hmm. um, to kind of go in and narrow in on that P&I gain. Um, but what I kept finding out is every single time, so that there's a couple maneuvers where I can make the tail wag almost no matter what tail gain I have it set at. So one is if you just stand the heli up. So it's, let's say it's uh, hovering, you know, 30 feet out in front of you side in and you go ahead and pull back elevator and it stand the heli straight up on the tail and then push full negative collective. I can get the tail to wag there. And then the other one is in uh, kind of like a, a Mobius where you're coming around on your left, inverted, turning towards yourself, tail first. And then you go to flip the heli over, like, you know, in the center of the Mobius, kind of like upright. a ribbon, yep. to upright. And you and I'm pulling negative when I'm doing that to get the heli and kind of do a uh, sort of like a half rainbow on the right. And right there, I can get the tail. It starts out as just a slight little tail wig in you know, just describing it like a vib- like a vibration, the amplitude just increases. So it starts out small and then it just keeps increasing in amplitude or the degree of the tail wag just keeps increasing. And I just cannot figure it out. Brought it's it back to the bench. It's only on negative, Jesse? Yeah, it's only on negative. That's got to be like a vibration or something. Um, it, it, but we, we brought it back to the bench and... You know, I've rebuilt this thing enough times. It's and it's not a it's not a complex design, so it's it's fairly straightforward just to look. You know, okay, there's nothing mechanical. 
There's a little bit of slop in the tail blade grips, but man, I've sure seen it a lot worse in the t- <laughs> and it's flown fine, you know. And just kind of going through the general checklist, so I cannot find anything mechanically wrong with it. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm really sitting here scratching my head going, gosh, what is it going to take cuz it it just feels, you know, in a hover, I would say there's a slight little wander, maybe like the eye gain I wouldn't say it's a wag. I'd say it's more of a wander. So maybe like the eye gain's a little low, but if I go up at all on the P or I, it just gets, you know, way worse. That's it, really interesting. To me, I, my hunch, I feel like it's a, like something's weird with the V bar. Yeah, like, like maybe the sensors, you know, the boards loose in the case or something slightly. Mm-hmm. I don't, but I mean, you've tried. Yeah, you but know, the only reason the that would be a problem is because then it would vibrate, right? Yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. I'm saying the fact that it happens on hard negative collective and hard negative collective is very interesting and telling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you know, I've there's a couple different. I, I tried tuning it a couple different ways too. So typically when I go out, I'll set the P and I gain to 70 and 70. Now that's just how I've done it for quite yep. a while. And then I'll go out and tune the main gain, you know, it's up as high as I can before it starts wagging. I even went out there and tried it at like 75, 75, 80, 80. And then, you know, going back and retuning the main gain each time. And it it's almost just, like no matter what you did, it didn't make a single bit no. of difference. Nope. I mean, when it and, drifts, though, Jesse, in a hover, what direction does it drift? Uh, it's. I wouldn't say it drifts. It it no, more wanders a, back and forth. Ah, yeah. okay. It's not it's a. a it's not a drift. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um. So yeah, it's it's definitely got me thinking a little bit. I know something else that we mentioned um, at the field, Nick, was it could be a battery thing. Even though you know, a, two out of my three. I'm, I'm, I'm not in this. I'm almost in the same boat as you, but I definitely don't have eleven packs that I need to get rid of. <laughs> not not quite that bad, but I do have one set that is, you know, just not quite holding up anymore. But I have two sets of batteries that are still performing what I would consider acceptable. I um, see. I've never had them cause. I've had them cause you know bad batteries cause a tail kick. Like when mm-hmm. the governor kicks in, it it won't. You know, it can't hold on to it for a second. But this was like, Justin, it was weird, man. He would get it and it would it would start doing this wag. But you know what was weird? It would start wagging back and forth, small, very mm-hmm. low frequency. I mean, very low frequency wag. It'd start to speed up a little bit, maybe. But you never heard the tail blades do that over gain sound. No, it wasn't that an like, aggressive. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you Were adjust they... your pre-comps correctly when you increased your I and P up that yeah, high? So, you yep, drop yep, them so... down to like 5 and 10 or 12? Yeah, I think I was at like 14. And then my my normal starting point when they're at 70 is 18 and I say like 8 or 9, 8. 18 and 8 or 18 and 7 something like that. 18 for collective. Yeah, that's what I ran. Yeah, and wow. that's what it tip that's what it typically ends up being is right in there when I've tuned mm-hmm. it in the past. Oh, 
See, that's the other thing. This isn't like a new model or anything. It's oh, got no, about this a, is a bajillion flights on it. And, well, and then now what I've changed? tried the well, uh, not a whole lot. I'm now trying the MKS tail servo on there, but this was the same thing because originally I thought it was the BK tail servo, uh, the brushless one, which mm-hmm. I can now say it, it was not because um, now I have the MKS one on there it and still have the similar symptoms. Yep. Yeah. So not a tail servo issue. Um, yeah, uh, honestly, is it a mini V? It yep. is a mini V bar. Do you have the power bussing split like Nick does? I do not, but I never have. Hmm. Um. Yeah. So, like, like I said, this one is swap the one. I'm telling you, save your file. Swap the one off the warp. Yeah, swap the V bar and then load the yep. file back up. Yep. I just got a weird hunch. Yeah, that's that. That's definitely the next step. Um, just because trying to rule out as many things as possible, especially when you have these odd issues like this, because these kind of suck. I'd much rather have something mechanical happen. You know, you can just go out there, get the parts, fix it, be back in the air. But man, when you got stuff like this, especially when your normal troubleshooting kind of routine isn't doing it, yeah, uh, it can get frustrating. So, yep. So yeah, I think I think that would be you know that sounds like a good plan forward is just trying that new V bar, especially with you know how convenient it is to just pull it off the warp, throw it on there, wire it all in, and then upload the file and go from there. Should be a fairly quick test, and results should be immediate if the, if it's the V bar, it should be night and day difference. So, yeah, that um, would be a nice and easy fix, actually. As much as it would oh, suck yeah. to be the unit. But that that's Chasing okay because things sucks, dude. Exactly. You kind of get to that point where it's like, I honestly don't care what it is. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah as long yeah. as I just, yeah. I'll, you know, I'll pay the money. I don't really care what it is. Just as long as I can get it nailed down and figure out what it is. Now, what well, I hate what's doing, worse is when you don't figure it out and you give up and just fly through it. Yeah, you're then, not flying through this though. No, oh, it's, no, it's no. that bad. Yeah, I mean, it's not. I don't feel like. Well, it I didn't could, look like I could it was going to crash, but, but yeah, but it's going to limit his flying exactly. big time. Right, yep. right. And then the, the other thing I really hate is when you can't pinpoint it, and let's say you just start buying stuff to throw at it, and it's just not fixing it either. So it, it would be awesome to you know be able to say clearly, here's the problem, go out and buy whatever that is, and then have it be done with it. Mm-hmm. So. So, yeah, and let's see, in addition to that, this last week, so, yeah, just just kind of in response to that, I did I did completely tear down the tail and go through it this last week, and I couldn't find anything, just checking bearings, rear, rear pulley, all, all the routine stuff, nothing, nothing stood out to me. I did get in only 30 minutes of sim time this last week, so not... Hey, at man, least you sim, dude. Not great. What are you it, saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you know you know what's up. No, I did did get on there one night. Um you know, nothing crazy. And I almost feel like, man, with only hitting the sim like I have been the last couple of weeks, one night here, one night there, it is really hard to use the sim as that progression tool. Because it's like the first ten minutes is just wow, I'm getting used to the sim again. You know, instead of Okay, I just did this last night. Let's just keep charging forward from that point we were at. Yeah. Um. So, it, I mean, sure, it's it's good. You know, 
yeah, 30 minutes on the sim, that, that's great. It adds to my sim total. But really, in the grand scheme of things, if it's not a three, four, I, I would say four, five, six times a week, it's going to be difficult to really use it as that progression tool and get the full value of the yeah. sim out yep. of it. Because right now, it's just like, you know, like I said, it's it, I'm simming, but it doesn't feel like I'm simming because I'm, really, <laughs> I'm not going to see anything from it. Yeah. Um, yeah, other than that, it was, uh, this was not, or this was a no buy week, even though, like I mentioned, I think I'm going to be due for some batteries here pretty quickly, especially with the fun fly season coming up and, and Nikki kind of inspired me a little bit, you know, just take that leap, <laughs> get rid of those old batteries. Good. It yeah. sucks, man. Buying batteries blows. It yeah, really does. And you know what's the worst thing is it's one of the <laughs> it's it's really funny to think that it's it sucks to buy batteries because it's one of those things that, that is just a normal hobby expense. It's yeah. unfortunate that it's like and so it's like my most expensive. It's my most unfun thing to buy. Yep. Yeah. Even I mean, though no, no offense to OptiPower or anything. No, I mean, no, I love, no. It just it I love just my sucks. packs. It's just not. They're not high on my fun list. Yeah, because, how do you think I feel when I burn through them on speed helis in like 50 to 60 yeah. flights? <laughs> yeah. going. Screw that. Yeah, man. Yeah, I agree with you. There's tons of other heli parts I'd rather spend money on than just batteries, but hey, when the ones you got just aren't cutting it, that, that it can uh, those can provide a pretty good performance increase. And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big difference. And so... Yeah, so no buy this week, no sell. I did fly, and I did sim a little bit. So I will check that box, even though it was only one night. Sweet, dude. Nice. With the crazy schedules that we run around here, having products that can be both technical and convenient is an absolute must. The Revelectric's Dual Power Lab fits that bill perfectly. With the extensive live data graphing capabilities that the Dual Power Lab offers, I'm never left with a lack of charging and battery information. Not to mention, being able to crank out 40 amps per channel leaves me with charge times that even I can't keep up with. So quit wasting precious time waiting for your packs to be done charging. Pick up a Dual Power Lab to step up your charging game. Thanks, Nick. For more information, log on to www.revolectrics, that's R-E-V-O-E-L-E-C-T-R-I-X.com, then click on the Revo USA store. Justin. Yes. Did you just, was your accomplishment this week not dying? Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's the one that takes the cake. Although, luckily, before I completely fell ill, I was able to get out and do some flying. So, you know, as I had mentioned last week, at the time of recording, it was my day off and it was crappy weather. No fly. Next day was beautiful. Saturday afternoon, got out and got some good flying in. Focused really only on the Goblin 770 and the Goblin Speed uh, the two 14S speed models are grounded until I get new batteries, which seems to be a pretty common theme around here. <laughs> I think 
A lot of people hate we buying battery batteries. <laughs> the Chase had already got uh, gotten sold and shipped out, and the Goblin 380 surprisingly is still en route. Uh, unfortunately, I think it's because of the fact that they've been having some winter storms and it got shipped ground, so uh, it's been mm. slowing it down a little bit. But that's supposed to be in. I think on Monday or Tuesday, so hopefully within a day or two of this episode going live, I will have it. I already have my MKS servos, uh, went with the HV93s for Cyclic and the 9780 for the tail since, uh, Jesse, you've been raving about that on your Warp 360. Oh, yeah. Uh, Looking forward to seeing uh, how much better that turns out. Uh, but I, I got about, I think I got about six or eight flights in, even split between the Goblin 770 and the Speed. Uh, these were the first Speed flights of this year with the Goblin uh, back on 12S. And that Pyro 750 is powerful, but man, it's it's kind of funny how big of a difference there is between the Goblin Speed and the TDR. After the first flight, I came back thinking, wow, dude. I don't even think I broke a hundred miles an hour, which was just an exaggeration, right? It was up in the one twenties, low one thirties, but even the guys in the pits were like, dude, there's a big difference between that goblin and your other ones. <laughs> it's, it's funny because it still sounds fast. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, it sounds, it well, reminds and- me of like a, a good old fashioned, the goblin speed is like a, a an old fashioned American muscle car. Yep sounds exactly. way faster than it actually really is and it'll it'll get up there i, I mean, mean yeah on they still go S, it's probably good for another eight to 12 miles an hour above but i was hitting pretty consistently high 120s low mid 130s average which is that's pretty solid i mean if you think back and look at you know urcha speed cup last year stock class 12s Scott Gray took it on a JR Forza 700 at 130 or 131. So it's right in the ballpark. Hmm. So what you're saying is that you should be expected to win or to <laughs> No, no. That's what I heard. No, that's, that's not at all what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking that's kind of awesome. what you said. Dude, if I beat I feel like Scott you just Gray, called Scott Gray out. Yeah. Yeah. That would blow my mind. Blow my uh, mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be cool. Well, set your goals there, man. We'll see. We will like, see. Scott, it's time for you to go down. Bring it Coming on, for you. Scott. Yeah. I'll play background music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, 770 got tuned up quite a bit. Uh, actually, you know, we've been talking a lot about the... Um, simming and flying around like back to back at the same time or in the same time period it does a lot for your flying and it doesn't it's not just from uh the sim to the real thing right it's also the other direction and what i'm noticing now is i'm going back through and tuning my 770 to feel more like my sim model and it's one of those things where when you don't fly the sim and you don't have that sort of low pressure environment in front of your computer to sit there and fiddle around with parameters until you get it the way you like, 
you don't know what you're missing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I took that opportunity to get the 770 tuned up. Uh, it's it's feeling a lot better, although uh, now that I've got, I think I'm close to 200 flights on it, which you'd think, oh, that's no big deal, right? Well, I still have the stock swash. And let's just say SAB made a good call when they went to the new swashes yes. on the competition <laughs> and or rather the, the carbon versions. Yeah. So I think I've got one of those in my near future. It's not horrible yet, but you can tell it's getting sloppy. And the slop develops between sort of the uh, inner swash and the outer swash where it connects with the, the little heim ball thing. Oh, well. But I got my first pirouetting circuits in this last weekend on the 770. Nice. Just, nice. just uh, you know, nothing crazy. Just went up. I started pirouetting. I was just doing my regular practice like I do, pirouetting stationary hovers. And then I figured, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to move it around. Let's see if we can move it around. Move it left. Move it right. Forward. Back. Well, hold on a second. Let me see if I can move it in a circle. Sure enough, I can. It's not a pirouetting funnel, people. It's just a nice, flat attitude pirouetting circuit. And so I was I was pretty happy with that. Seemed nice. to feel a lot better in the real world than it did on the sim. Yeah, so, they're, they're tough. And it's, man, once you start getting those pirouetting things on in real life, then it gets, then it starts getting good. Oh, yeah. Well, and the, I would say with most of that stuff, there's a pretty steep learning curve right off the bat. But once you get a couple of them down, especially, you know, in the same pyro direction, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. the stuff can just start clicking a lot faster. Now, too. you know what you're going to need to do, Justin? And I'm serious. I would highly recommend this. Go back and, and re-explore a possible head gain. Retune. Okay. Yep. Okay. Because you would be surprised. Uh, when we were last weekend, uh, when I was out there flying, I, I did a little flight video, just kind of a benchmark. Uh, I need to see how bad it is in the spring. Mm-hmm. So I have something to compare to at <laughs> yeah. the end of the year and I didn't push anything at all. And it really wouldn't have mattered if I did, if I did. No, you were pushing. Uh, but <laughs> oh, we were laughing. <laughs> Oh, that poor little 500. Man, that has turned into just a whooping, whooping sting. <laughs> but uh, one thing, I was, uh, the first flight that I did with the 500, I'm like, dude, I cannot get these pyro flips to settle in. Like, it was just bad. And then it ended up dropping the head gain. And, oh, hey, there they are, perfectly smooth. And it's one of those where every other maneuver, you could not tell the difference mm-hmm. in the way that it flew. Yep, yep. Just for that. So that's kind of a cool thing. You can you can really hose yourself if you're struggling to get them to flow smooth. Yep. You know, try working your head gain down a little bit. Yeah, I will definitely take that into consideration. I think in general, over the last couple of months, I've been slowly moving my gain down. And that probably has something to do with the fact that I continue to improve. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that was mostly it. 
Uh, good day of flying. That was all I got in for this week. Of course, I got sick about midway through the week, so I've just basically been sitting here uh, counting the hours until the Goblin 380 comes in. It's a tease because I've got all the other parts except for the actual kit. Um, talked to Kyle, uh, Kyle Cashwell, who I, who I bought it from, and uh, he was able to get a hold of one of the, the upgrade custom canopies. I don't know if you guys have seen the different uh, colors. The that black SAB and the does. yellow one? Not the black and the yellow, because that's like the carbon version, and I uh, yeah, doesn't do it for me. Dude, that is awesome Dude, looking I got one. the one called the yellow slash sport, which is basically the same design as the red yellow uh, competition version. Ah, see, that's the one that I don't care for. So, see, okay. good. You can go in that direction. <laughs> I'll go in the other direction. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. The carbon look is clean. It really is, but I, it's just too much yellow. Too no. much yellow and nothing after, else to offset it. After I saw those pictures of uh, Kyle Stacy's Trioblins, mm-hmm. all blacked out, triple blade head, triple blade tail, and he's got these custom blacked out heads with his oh, name yeah, on it and dude. the carbon, I was like, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, those, those are nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take well, a cool. no buy uh, and a no sell, but I did get another, I think, a little bit over an hour of sim time. I'm up at 11 and a half hours. Wow. Nice. You're now doubled my time, I believe. And it is so worth it. Every minute, dude. I I know. I mean, You're it's, preaching to the it choir. Just, it's awesome. I don't know what I did before. <laughs> all right. That's all for me. Cool. Well, I don't think that there's that much, but we should probably uh, entertain a mild amount of news. I agree with you. Since last week was newsless. Yes, that's right. I've finally gotten around to bringing my charging setup into the world of current technology, and wow, what can I say? From the powerful and feature-rich Dual Power Lab 8 charger to Progressive's unique and infinitely adaptable modular parallel balance board systems, I now feel like I can charge my entire fleet of packs from just two ports and a few charge leads. So why mess around with that old and busted charger or its accessories? Follow my lead, head over to ProgressiveRC.com and have a look at the multitude of chargers, power supplies, accessories, turnkey charging systems, and even batteries. If you're not sure what to buy or have a question about how to design your custom system, then go ahead and give the PRC team a call at 443-BATTERY and they'll get you squared away in no time. Thank you, Justin. Call the PRC team at 443-228-8379. ProgressiveRC.com. Bringing charging power to a heli near you. All right, everyone, this week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. 
Let's see. So what do we want to uh, dabble with the news? Well, this is news. Uh, I I don't think anyone saw this coming, but oh my gosh. Uh, Miniature aircraft is back. Can you believe that? Yeah, I'd like to go back (laughs) and reconsider my answer to Ryan last week. On one of the the email in questions. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is kind of funny. <laughs> um, hmm. so what we have learned is that miniature aircraft has been purchased by a German couple. I do believe miniature aircraft will now be moved to Germany, and that is where stuff uh will be. That's that's going to be their home base. I don't know if it's going to be actually manufactured there. But the company, it will have nothing to do manufacturer-wise with the U.S. anymore. Uh, interesting. Very, very uh, from what I'm kind of gathering and information is that this will be more of a support for existing stuff. I would not expect to see, you know, oh, my gosh, they're coming out with a new heli next year. I don't think so. Who knows? But I think you know for there's a lot of people that are that are flying these older miniature aircraft models that just love them and they love to be able to get parts. So I don't I don't really see where this is a bad thing at all. I just don't have huge expectations. How about that? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do. I mean, again, in the very least it's well known that the brand has a a huge following even after they closed, right? There are still people that love these things. So if all they do is supply parts, that's a big deal. Yep. I completely agree. I I mean, I didn't think we would ever see the EX again. No, and that would be, I mean, geez, I would even like... I would like to get a couple production version parts for mine. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we, we kind of designed it so we do have a soft spot for that heli. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. I w- and you know what? If if they get it up and going and the word, I'm not going to be a, a beta tester on this. Been there, done that. <laughs> uh, I'll wait in here and once everyone is happy with what they're cranking out, I most definitely will put myself in line for some production parts. I'll throw a spare set of electronics in it, you know, get it back up flying just for just to, even if it's just to hang on the wall and, and, and throw up in the air every now and then. Yeah, like, I might do like the um, You know, not obviously it won't be a daily daily flyer or even maybe even a monthly flyer, but I would rather it sit on the wall with some moderate components in it and have it be flyable um, than just see this empty airframe there. Yeah, I I got a question. Do you think that it's possible that maybe this is a little bit too late? Like, you know, because kind of like the question we got last week, do you think too many people have maybe moved on, sold off their models? Uh, either, I don't know, Maybe man. pulled the electronics out of them, put you them gotta in something remember, different? You got to remember, MA has... Uh, a rich history in this hobby. I mean, they've been around for 25 or 30 but years. But you're, you're now changing their whole foundation, you know, their selling point. 
by being manufactured in the U.S. Yeah, you know, but you're, you know I mean, the last because they really stood on that one. Yeah, but the last okay, I think that was. Uh, uh, I got to watch what I say. That was late '90s, early 2000s. Exactly. Thank you, Justin. That was the the original MA. That's mm-hmm. where that came from. And unfortunately, when it moved, that went away. And that was not the case anymore. Some of that went away. Yes. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because there was still parts that were made there. Oh, no, not there that were, part. Absolutely. But the, yeah, all, I mean, the parts being made there didn't go away, but that... But that made in the USA oh, quality that, thing. Yeah, yeah, okay, I see yeah. what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah. There was one person there that worked there, and when that person left, it kind of went downhill. He took that with him. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. He took that pride with him. Yep, yep that makes sense. Um, and hey, yeah, if I, it's I guess made in would... Germany, let's face it, the Germans are really good yeah. at making <laughs> shit. It, it yeah. could potentially be the best thing for mm-hmm. it, because I don't want to see someone buy MA and sink a ridiculous amount of money into it, thinking they're going to put them back on the map. You know what I mean? No, that's, I don't think that should be their goal. That Their goal should be to make sure that they can accurately reproduce the parts that are already out there that people would like to get, mm-hmm. get regain that badass quality that they had. I mean, at this point, who cares where it's made at? Yep. Just make it consistent, you know. Give someone that feeling like I had that feeling like I was talking about when I built the 570 where it's like this just all works awesome, you know. Uh get that quality back up. And then I think people will start, oh, you know what? I really did kind of like that. I had one, but I got mm-hmm. rid of it. Mm-hmm. Wow, they really got my old Furion up and going. You know, I'm going to see if I can track down uh Another gasser. Sure did like that heli. You know, so then, okay, well, maybe I'll buy one. You know, that's, I think that they can work their way back into some of the existing models. Because there's still, you got to remember, there's still nothing out there to replace the Whiplash Gasler. That is absolutely true. that's fair. I mean, yes, the Leviathan... Goblin Gasser is badass. And we've got word from the, the, you know, the gas man himself that, like, that's where it's at. That's the best setup here. Doug swears by that. Carrie Shirley, all those guys are like, man, this thing is freaking solid. I've seen it. I've flown it myself. It's great. But it's still a quote unquote conversion. You got to buy one, then you got to buy another, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, They've still got a really good gasser kit that was a really popular gasser, and I'm sure a lot of that community would love to be able to just have that back and maybe have it be better than it was the first time. Yeah. Yep. I think. Yeah, I definitely think. Yeah, I I think it can't do anything but good for that model in four. That's probably the best way to put it. Nothing but good. What else we got? Anything? Oh, let's see here. Uh, something about a big competition being canceled. Oh, yeah. Did we hear oh, about that? Yes, we did. We did. Heli Masters. Heli Masters. Canceled. Dude. Man. You know, there is, 
this is something that I, I'm not going to dig into because I feel like I'd be going to this gunfight unarmed. <laughs> uh, I don't know what Heli Masters has bounced around from like a, a, an original location, then Venlo, then it got moved. And I just don't, you know, we're not super up on the whole European thing being way over here, obviously. So I don't know the back history behind it. But the unfortunate part is that it got canceled due to sponsorship reasons. They couldn't get enough sponsorship reasons. I don't know how or why or where or what the plan is, but I know that there were a lot of people not surprised, but then they kind of wanted it to go back maybe to Venlo or back to the original. I don't know. It's just unfortunate that it is canceled. Yep. But... And, and from what I understand, it is an indefinite cancellation, meaning the the director or the organizer just doesn't know when it's going to come back, if it comes back at all. That's right. But that see, sucks. what's interesting is that person owns the name of the competition, I believe. Yep. Ellie Masters. Yeah. Chris is yeah. his so, name. So they would, you know, but we really need... I think this hobby needs a it needs a worldwide best of the best competition. I mean it does because it's it's not, you know, all the rest of the competitions are very unique in their own way. Like to come out and win the one, you know, like Kyle Stacy did. That's that's a completely different style. That's entertainment. But there's something to be said about precision and, you know, routines flight to music known maneuvers yep. k factor type competition that heli masters and like what the uh what 3d masters used to do so maybe it's mm-hmm. time to go back to 3d masters i mean i don't know but i really do hope that they get it sorted because it just it it, it seemed like to me on this side it didn't seem it it just seemed to settle the score of you go there and win. You, you kind of <laughs> were the best. Yep. I mean, you made it. You yeah. had that title for the year. Yep. So I hope they get it sorted. I got to have something. Yeah. Well, that wraps up our. Very, that is it for news. That, that's oh, it. That sucks. Some Scrawny people need to like, come some new stuff. on in the heli community? <laughs> I think it's the lull before spring. Yeah. I think you're right. That's what I think. I think it's the lull before spring. So, anyway, uh, this week's news has been brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Hi, I'm Justin Pucci, and despite what you may think, I'm not here to talk to you about wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube men. What I am here to tell you is that the guys over at Rotary Wing RC are stocking up on all forms of heli goodness and passing the savings on to you. Need a fly barless system? Joe and Kyle have Bavarian Demon, Skookum, and Icon. Looking for a heli? What about Gowie or one of those Garbins? Servos? Look no further for BK Servos and MKS. 
and who could forget the German amazingness that is Contronic? I sure can't because I just bought three of them. So head on over to www.rotarywingrc.com and get yourself loaded up with awesome today. So let's see. We have uh, what we wanted to talk about this week. I find slightly amusing. Um, yeah, you're not going to be contributing much. <laughs> spring is here. So uh, it's kind of that for those of us who did not, or I shouldn't say those of us, those of you who did not do your winter maintenance, some people just completely shut off the hobby and or they put everything they they can off until the last minute. So now it's like, oh, geez, the weather's starting to poke <laughs> out. Oh, I'm starting to get some sunny days. You know, what are you doing to your helis uh, now, kind of last minute, to get them ready? Are you doing your full maintenance now? Are you just going through maybe ordering all of those small little things to get them back up kind of feeling like new? Uh, are you doing complete teardowns? Uh, yeah, Justin and I were laughing because I'm like, dude, I just bought all new ones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, forget it. There's no spring new. maintenance for him, Jesse. Screw no, this maintenance thing. I'll just really show up in the field and the entire fleet will have like a combined five flights on it total. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? Maintenance what? <laughs> <laughs> maintenance what? <laughs> um... I mean, no. that, that's one way to do it. I don't think that works for everyone. No. And it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's somewhat heavy handed. Yeah. It's a it's little a, bit circumstantial. Like, you know what? I do not feel like replacing yeah. all those bearings. I'm going to buy a yeah, new damn kit. Your helis must have been in pretty bad shape <laughs> to drive you to buy all new. Nah. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Jesse, I would say that you've had yours for the longest well, I, I have, but, you know, as we've kind of talked about throughout this winter, it's been a steady stream of maintenance. It's not like now the, the I guess how often I fly does decline during the winter. I mean, let's face it, the weather freaking sucks. You're not you're yeah. not going out nearly as much. But we're I would say we're still very active in the hobby around here, even in the winter, because we don't get super harsh weather. Uh, most of the time so therefore we're still out flying on the weekends when we can dealing with you know light snow or a little bit of wind here and there in the cold so the helis need to keep flying throughout the winter so you know i've kind of mentioned in the last several months that the n7 has been completely torn down and that was mostly for cleaning but also just to get in there and you know inspect those parts that you don't do on a weekly basis just to make sure nothing's kind of slipping under the radar and I've also had, you know, the seven HV torn down. I would say within the last couple months as well. So, for me, looking at spring, I'm not, I'm not so much focusing on the mechanical maintenance, on making sure, oh, I got to go through and check every bearing, make sure, you know, everything's 100% good to go, change out the dampers, blah, you know, the list goes on and on of stuff that you can go through and check. I think my main focus going into this flying season is like we mentioned the batteries making sure that the batteries are good to go and the power systems are good to go and then making sure that the tuning um you know i i kind of look at this once the fun fly seasons begins 
it's pretty much a rush. I mean, the season just starts flying by. And as yeah. much as you want to spend that time and really sit down and go, okay, this weekend I'm doing nothing but opening up the laptop, mm-hmm. plugging in the heli every single flight, and I'm tuning. That just doesn't happen when you have fun flies every three weeks. No, nope. Because you, know, you, you go to the event, but you probably don't get in as much flying as you'd like. That seems to be the case with most, you know, the, the trend. Yep. So then you got to that field the next weekend and you're like, I just want to bang the flights out and, yeah, fly the heli, try to progress a little bit. So knowing that now at this point with spring just right around the corner let's not forget we have daylight savings time this this weekend Mm -hmm. i mean it is here we are going to be getting those longer days now all of a sudden we can stay out longer at the field on the weekend fly after Um, work could fly after work yeah so spring is really just right around the corner and i feel like now is the best time to capitalize on you know it's a little bit slower days when you got to the field you're we're still fighting the cold around here. Like we mentioned, the or like we were talking about earlier, the days have been really nice lately, but the nights and kind of more towards the evening hours, it still gets pretty chilly um, in, even out at the field. So I feel like this is a great opportunity to take advantage of that and kind of slow down a little bit in between flights mm-hmm. and really take that time to go through your models and, and retune them. Now, I'm not necessarily saying quite to the degree that I did where I completely, you know, reset stuff and went through setup, but it's a great time to, you know, is my tail really tuned the best that, that I can tune it? Is the head as stable and as solid as I can tune it on this system? Um, and just go back through there. It's, it, you can really miss little things here and there and new ways of tuning and, you know, who knows what you've learned since last summer. So that that's kind of what what this time, I guess, is going to be used for in my perspective. Yeah, I um, I think I think that's the right approach. I mean, for me personally, Jesse, you know, we talked about a lot earlier in the winter, you know, late last year, because we do continue to fly over the winter. I did the same thing you did. I did my tear down in like October, November. Because I was getting prepared for the off season, if you will, where mm-hmm. I try to get as much flying in as I can. That said, coming around into the spring, what I find is that depending on how many flights you put on a given heli, and you know, maybe if you're spreading it out amongst five or six or seven different helis, maybe it's not a big deal. But the winter weather does stuff to your heli that the summer weather doesn't. So, for example, um, you know, any of those bearings that you may want to grease, the grease has a tendency over the winter with the colder temperatures uh, to get uh, to to actually leach out a little bit further, I find. And so I will go in and do my main bearings, my motor bearings and my tail bearings uh, every couple of weeks during the winter, whereas during the summer, that's not as much the case. The, the other thing I go through and look at, and this one sounds funny, solder joints. How many times do you guys actually go through your power system and actually look at the quality of the solder joint? Because it's not a static joint, right? You're unplugging, you're plugging, you're unplugging, oh, you're plugging. 
And every time you do that, you are stressing that joint. You're stressing the wires at that interface where the Mm -hmm. solder is wicked up into the wire and (laughs) the part where it hasn't and it's all soft and squishy. And if you solder really crappy, you're stressing the point one inch up the wire. Yeah, oh, that's, <laughs> that's bad, dude. You know you who you are. Yep. You people, oh, we've you all go been to the there. field. We've all been oh, there. I've you're right. It. You you look at that one guy and you see his wires hanging off of his ESC and it, it they're straight. It, it looks like solid. A, it looks like a like a cripple, and you're like, what yep. is up with one. that? I think you hyperextended your ESC lead, dude. So kind of to build off of that, Justin, with the solder thing, it's also a great time to think about, you know, maybe swapping out connectors, even if it's the same style. You know, let's say you haven't switched connectors at all. You're still using the same brand, same size, same type, but maybe just to throw a new connector on there. Exactly. Because those things are, you know, a little spark. Every time you plug them in, you can start getting pitting issues. A lot of these things have, you know, caged style bullets. Those things can start to wear out and compress, and now you're not getting the or they surface just area get dirty. contact. You know, yep. yeah, they're in the mud or they've got sand or yep. whatever it is. So that that can follow suit right along with checking those solder connections. The other thing that I consider in all this kind of goes along the same lines as what you were discussing with getting tuned, but it's hardware based. It's not. It's not the tuning in the software. You know, a lot of times people want to try new stuff, not because they need new stuff, but because they want to. Right. Nick, you know all about that. What? <laughs> I was going to try to say it with Wait, a straight face. You don't just, need all that new stuff. <laughs> you can't. Even, it's OK. Let's all laugh together. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's not our money. <laughs> <laughs> what a dumbass. But this is the right time to do it. If you want to try out something new, get it done before the season hits, because just like Jesse said, you don't want to be messing with hardware swaps any more than you want to mess with tuning. And in fact, there I had a couple of people ask me, dude, you know, you, you loved the chase. You had some trouble early on, you know, uh, recently you had some trouble. You spent about three or four weeks working on it and then you decided to get rid of it. Why shouldn't you have given it more of a chance? I could have given it more of a chance. And that's a fair observation, but I made a strategic decision and that was, I didn't want to wait until March or April to keep screwing around with this thing and then make the decision to go and get another heli that now I've got to build and get used to again and tune. And now I'm into the season. So I made the call to cut it short and get the 380 in here as soon as possible and Nick, you know, you're kind of in the similar boat with uh, picking up the 700 competition, 570, not so much, but the competition's not going to get maidened in the next week. So you got to get a move on so that you've oh, got a stable fleet. That's right. And that's that. Now you hit it. I mean, now is the time to do it. And that's why I kind of, well, you know, was trying to get as much of this stuff going before because this is the year of flying and i i don't i have no desire to be missing this year and these recent moves have just solidified that for me even more i just want to fly 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 oh dude we've been there done that you remember the when we way back when we first met we were swapping shit out all through the season 
I know. Every weekend, Horrible. it was like, oh, I got to try this. And then, you, you, oh, my God, I can't believe I, I wasted two weeks of summer on this. And dumb, dumb, Don't dumb. do it. Yeah. Not worth it. Yeah, the other thing, um, kind of going back to the tuning a little bit about springtime and why it's really important to, I guess, jump on the tuning or why why springtime is such a great time to jump on the tuning is you're really just getting back into the swing of things because I know we've mentioned on the show before, you know, when, when you haven't flown for a while and you go out to fly your heli and you're like, man, this feels really, really weird and you just want to go back to the, to the software and start changing things because it just doesn't feel right. But you got to resist that urge. Well, it's like finally about this time of the year, You've got in enough flights to where you're getting back into the swing of things and you've started getting in some flying consecutive weekends to where you can actually accurately assess, is it my tune or am I just basically sucking (laughs) at flying? And so, you know, that, that makes us another great time to tackle that tuning because we're starting to get some more flying and get used to how the models are supposed to be flying and being able to rule out just our lack of flying for the last couple of months. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Hey, I'll even go one step further. Um, I, I mean, I think now is the time it's kind of branches off from helis, but now's the time to really buckle down and, and buy those, those field items that you were kind of maybe hesitating on. Maybe you just wanted to get through. I mean, let's face it. We're through, we're through Christmas. Now we're through <laughs> Valentine's day. And we're coming up on the season. Get your charging cases in order. You know, if you were considering doing one, now is the time to have it done. Um, That's a really good point, dude. Not just that. I wasted a lot of time screwing around with equipment during the season. Generator. Horrible. If you were if you were hesitating on generator, now's the time to do it. You know, go out to that. Go out to the field that first day for the spring and be like. Wow, I have nothing to do but fly. This is kind of cool. That's a good feeling. And there's lots of, you know, spring sales that are going to start popping up here real quick. And and don't wait. Do not. Oh, man, we see so many people. Okay, I'm just going to get this, but this will be fine. I think I can get another year out of this. And then they, they fight. Like maybe they're fighting their generator, they're fighting their charging setup halfway through the summer, and then they end up buying it, you know, like buying a new one at a big event right in the middle, and then they they don't know how to use it, and they spend, it's just, don't waste the summer that way. Don't waste (laughs) it. Do it now. Do it now. You know, even if you got to go back to Top Ramen and... (laughs) You know, eating <laughs> eating mac and cheese for uh, a month. No, seriously though, but a, a month worth of saving and just going a little bit big right now will provide you with uh, a really good long summer full of flying. And if you if you like to be a pioneer, if you are a glutton for uh, you know glutton for punishment on buying all the new stuff, then okay, you you know what's coming to you, but. Like like us, you know, we've kind of been burned in the past on that. And before you know it, you you just passed up a year 
of flying because you were tweaking and messing and screwing around with yeah, stuff. You're back that's to okay. freaking winter again. Yeah, that's okay <laughs> if that's what you want to get out of this hobby. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But if at the end of the year you find yourself saying, God, dude, I didn't progress at I all. I wish I got more I, flying in. I wish I got more flying. Then, you know, use the proficiency thing. Use what we're talking now. Don't make those excuses this year. Yep. Okay, so, you know, we talked sort of, I'd say, alternative springtime maintenance. But what if we're in the situation of some of those unfortunate cold weather bastards, uh, you know, like Dan and Ken, Kyle, Stacy, who maybe don't get to fly at all or even touch their helis over the winter? What kind of stuff do they need to look for as they come into the spring season? Oh, geez. I think it really kind of batteries, I think, would be the big thing. I mean, if you know, if you're putting away your batteries in in October and you're not pulling them out till March, uh, you better be prepared for potential. Maybe I lost one over the winter. Maybe it didn't get stored right. Maybe they were worse than I thought that they were. You know? Yep. Yep. Now, uh, I've heard people, Nick, say that if you drop it to storage charge and then put it in the freezer for lipos, that that actually works really well. Haven't tried it, haven't even thought about it or looked into it, but I, I found that intriguing. Well, uh, and I that could, that could be so. But remember, you know, we've discussed this a lot lately about how the mind can play tricks on you and y- what you think was the way that it was fall of last year, you know, now that you haven't touched it or messed with it or flown it or nothing might be completely different than what you thought that what you thought it was when you go to grab it out. So leave yourself some time. Don't just say, Oh, you know what? They were dialed last year. Like I don't remember having any issue (laughs) or whatever, because you could have been getting used to something that was degrading over the last month. Especially of when you've season. just spent the last four or five months of winter on the sim. Yeah. And remember, oh. the sim always has really nice battery packs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and a really great head tune on it. And uh, yeah, so you might actually go out and fly yours and go, what? This is These a This is horrible. <laughs> yeah. And then that goes right back into what Jesse was saying about the tuning. You might find yourself in an immediate brick wall. I have to tune this now or it's not going to happen because I just spent four months on the sim. Got my fingers and my brain all dialed into the way that the sim flies. And I, I pull my heli out to find out that it flies like a busted turd. <laughs> now you got some tuning work ahead of you. Yep. So yep. don't save that for the first fun fly of the year. Get out before. What about the nitro, Jesse? You're the only one around here that does nitro anymore. Yeah, and so- I did make a couple notes about that. It's typically what I'll do. So I guess my normal routine would be that this is a great time to go ahead and drop that motor out, pull the pipe off. First, just kind of take a peek in there. You know how you can see the ring through the exhaust port in the in the motor? I would, I would first just do a visual inspection. See, you know, are you get 
is it silver, same color as the piston, or does it still have that nice black finish, meaning that you're probably going to still have pretty good compression with it. And I would go through and depending, see, I'm, I'm, I like to run my bearings a little bit longer, I would say. Typically, I'll go more by gallons than just, oh, every single winter, I'm going to swap out my bearings. And I'll kind of go by how much use do those things actually have and was the motor you know, stored correctly versus just every winter I'm going to go through and put a new set of bearings in there. Um, but I definitely will take stuff apart and inspect it. And I'm not doing that at the moment right now just because two months ago I had everything torn down, new parts inspected, um, I did bearings and a ring right at the end of the main season last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as my motor condition, I would say it's it's really good right now going into this season. But if it's such a thing where you haven't even looked at it, let's say maybe since this time last year, that this is definitely the time where you want to, I mean, at a minimum, pull the pull the muffler off and take a look at the ring just at a absolute yep. minimum look at that yeah. ring and just assess okay what's what's the condition of the ring and honestly i would you know highly recommend just pull the thing apart it doesn't you can that that's an evening getting it out pulling the motor apart check the bearings out pull just clean everything up get it back to that nice you know, tip top shape a rear bearing in a ring you're talking like fifty 20, bucks for oh, both. Yeah, I don't even think you're and talking thirty that. minutes. No, well, no, well, not pulling the motor all the, the way out. That depends on the model. Pulling the motor all the way out, getting that rear bearing out, okay, tearing the motor well, down. I'm, I'm used to like you know the T Rex 700 Nitro, where it you can drop it out in like five minutes. Yeah, I mean it just you know the, it, it doesn't take to long, me. But. And this is me. I probably slap more. Well, I don't know, Jesse. You are kind of the ring king. I'll give you I'm that. I'm definitely the ring king. But <laughs> gone through with my fair share. It got to that point where it was like I I hated pulling the motor out so much. That's one. That's high on my hate in this hobby is pulling a nitro motor out. I used to feel in. that way. Um. Now he wishes he could pull a nitro. Yeah, motor exactly. Out. <laughs> I can pull it out. I pull it out of the box. <laughs> um. Uh, for me, it's if you're pulling it apart because you feel that it's time to check it, I always make sure and have the rear bearing and the ring on hand mm-hmm. no matter what. All season long rear bearing and ring because oh, yeah. if you can catch a ring in time, it'll save you from buying a liner. I can go all year yep. and not buy a liner and go through two or three rings throughout the year really hammering on it hard and pushing the motor. I'll do bearing once a year, two, three rings throughout the year. Uh, if it's a good year, two rings. If I'm, <laughs> if I'm hard on it, three. But yep. but swapping them out before they go, oh, God, look at that. Ooh, It feels a little low on power. Yeah, guess what? Probably kind of too late at that point. I mean, not too late for the whole motor, but you might end up buying a sleeve. So that that's how yep. I do it. But at least always have them on hand. Yep, and that that's like, you know, I did end up place replacing that bearing uh, when I had the motor apart last. And, you know, when I placed that order, I just bought two of them because 
you never know. It's always nice to just have one on hand. One and when you're in getting the them, like the the stainless ones from RC Bearings. Yep, that's what I'm running. Dude, they're dirt cheap. I want to say for the front and rear bearing, it was 20 bucks. Yep. Yeah. Get a yeah. couple like that. Yeah, it's it's not much. Absolutely. How about, that. how about glow plugs? See, I yeah, Those are just when the thing doesn't start, then put a new one in. Because, you know, and, and I guess unless you, you do pull it out when you turn this thing down and you look at it and it's all white or you could tell the temperature got too hot. Yeah, nasty, right. But I would say for me, most of the time, it's just, it's such a thing where it, it doesn't start back up. See, for, I'm for a, a plug. I replace mine 10 flights after break-in every time, no matter what. 10 flights, swap it out. And that mm-hmm. I'll actually put that off to the side in a separate row, and I'll I label Just that row it. break-in plugs because I don't know why or what it, it must be a material thing, but I'll be damn if it's not like clockwork for me that if I do not replace that plug after breaking in the motor, that glow plug is going to die mm-hmm. uh, within twenty flights, but. If I just use that plug for break-in, it never dies for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, same thing. But besides that, it, I mean, isn't, isn't I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I'm doing it wrong, but do you typically fly one until it either won't start or you pull it apart for some reason and it's all, you know, the coils aren't nice and even anymore, or yeah. it's all white. Yeah, or, that's okay. the way I do yeah. too. I I just wanted to ask the question of whether going, we maybe thought I'm, maybe I'm doing something wrong here. <laughs> over the winter, we should be worried yeah. about it. I I've never bothered. With Check it. it. I've heard people Definitely that look say they it. come in springtime rolls around. First thing they do, replace the glow plug. I don't know. Maybe it's nah. an old wives' tale. I look at it. See, to me, that's a, that's wives' tale because it's there's nothing to go bad on it if the motor's not yep. running yep i mean unless it unless you build up a bunch of condensation on the filament and it rusts and you know you potentially change the resistance of it but i i, I don't know that seems pretty big highly unlikely yeah pretty big stretch Just when you thought that the guys at Soco Heli Tools had pushed setup methodology to the absolute state of the art, they come out with yet another innovation. In combination with their Soco Helical, which fits all sizes and all brands of helis, they've recently announced the Soco Heli Tools mobile app. This app greatly simplifies your setup by completely eliminating the need for a level working surface or main shaft. Available in stores soon for Android and Apple devices, this new mobile software will do everything that your original SoCo kit did, but with the added benefit of all measurements, calculations, and directions in one easy-to-use app. When you're ready to kick it up a notch with your heli setup, visit the SoCo team at www.soco-heli-tools.com and check it out. SoCo Heli Tools Next generation setup. All right, let let's talk a topic that I like a lot, and it goes along with the spring cleaning tools. 
I am finding myself going through my tool set right now and getting rid of the stuff that's been worn out. Now, you're going to make fun of me because, no, I haven't bought the Scorpion Hex drivers yet. Yeah, see, we don't Uh, have that problem. And yours don't wear out, but mine do. And so I'm at the point where I'm now I'm looking at probably having to get a new set of hex drivers. You guys run into similar issues. The other thing for me is soldering iron tips. Oh, get them swapped oh, out. Yeah. Yep. Yes, that way sir. you're ready to bring the iron to the field and you don't have to worry about having issues. If you're doing soldering on the fly in a non-ideal situation. Yeah. Yep. I'll so, agree with you on the soldering iron, but tools. Sorry, man. You just you're you're. Damn it! You are still well, seriously. Well, lacking. how about this, dude? You send me your scorpions, and then you go and buy the SAB ones, Mister Fanboy. Uh, fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that was a really pathetic. <laughs> I, I did my best. <laughs> I don't. I, you got the point across, dude. I'm I'm not. I'm rocking my scorpion ones. They're, I, I'm serious. I, I'm not trying to be a. The SAB ones do, do look nice, but I have used yours and Jesse's scorpions, and those things are freaking amazing. Nick, have you, uh, so I'm, I, I agree. The scorpion tools are awesome, but right now I'm sitting one shy because I did break my two millimeter and you know scorpion what? Scorpion tip. The only one that I have ever broken. Mm-hmm. Is the two. Yeah. It's so the I number two. Did break my two millimeter one. Yeah. So right now I've subbed that one in for my MIP but d- driver. The cool but part I will is be getting the, a new tip. I'm talking like f- probably a dozen helicopters, a half a dozen crashes each. And I did. I've gone through one tip. And the yeah. other ones are just like hmm. brand new. And there was even a post up uh uh, that I saw randomly on Facebook. I was like, okay, you two guys, mm-hmm. time to buy a new set, Scorpion or MIP. And I was shocked at, I wasn't shocked at the number of people that popped in and said, oh, the Scorpions are the best, blah, blah, blah. But I was shocked at the number of people that said, I have both by the Scorpions, hands down. Yep. I have both by the Scorpions. I was shocked. But I think for me, because I'm in that, you know, I was one of those people that chimed in uh, having both sets currently, and I do uh, use both. But one major thing to consider is the MIPs, you know, you can't replace the tips on them. Yep. Um, and ah, they're, more, that's a good and they're point. more expensive, I believe. I didn't know so, you could replace the tips on the Scorpion, so that just gave those a one-up yep. in my mind. Yep. yep. And the tips the, aren't that bad. I and think they're... You know what I like? Justin and this this is cool. They have the they have the hole at the top of the handles. So like uh if you're using the big four mil four millimeter one to get your spindle bolts loose, uh-huh. you can slide the three millimeter one through the hole in the handle. Now yep. you have a T handle. Yep, yep. Yep. Um but they are light. Oh yeah. I mean all hollow light, handle. dude. So freaking light, and they have really good grip on the handles. Yeah, I, work I remember with tools. that. They're all hollow, aren't they? Yep. They're Every all day, hollow. all day at work. And when I was really 
ripping through nitro helis apart, back together, apart, back together every weekend. The MIP style handles from going to work and working with tools all day and then coming home, my hands were just roasted. And, and grabbing onto those MIP ones, uh, you know, screw after screw, tighten and tighten and tighten. They actually made my hands hurt. But the Scorpion ones, I just don't get that from. I don't know if it's the size or uh, I actually think that it's the the knurling that they use on the outside grips your your hands mm-hmm. very well. So you don't have to squeeze as hard to now, hold on to them. Do they have a... um? Do they have like a rotating piece up at the top? Yep. For yep. your palm? They do. Yep. Uh, yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, okay. I guess I'm going to have to get some scorpion tools for the spring because mine are just dead, man. They are horrible yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I got to do is stock up on is just the tips themselves to go in my drill for doing that because I also broke a couple of those. Uh, throughout the last season now that was something that uh, are you using the scorpion ones well that's my uh, currently i'm not i I had an old set of team low seed drivers Mm -hmm. that i just basically pulled the tips out of the handles because for those drivers the tips kind of have their own little um i I don't know capsule that that, like slides into the handle and so but that chucks up really nice in a drill and it doesn't Mm -hmm. spin so, you know, really cool feature there for using them in a drill. But I'm hoping that I can put some scorpion tips in those to replace them. Um, so oh, still use go. that kind of base piece to hold it so it chucks up really nice and you don't have to worry about yep. spinning the bit or anything. I wish scorpion made. Maybe I'll send a message off. We could get a bunch of people to do it. But I wish they made like a two and a half millimeter uh, even just a two and a two and a two half, and a half millimeter. Yep. Um, same tip and everything. Just put it in that quarter inch uh, quick release yeah. drill chuck. Would be yep. that. I mean, would that be would be badass because I use my electric drill all the time for that kind of stuff. Yep. Yep. Same here. Yep. Yep. But no, they're, they are the last. You buy those and you just don't talk about tools anymore. <laughs> yeah. But- just work yep. not to mention the if you buy the whole kit the phillips that is the biggest phillips <laughs> that doesn't go in anything helicopter related no. whatsoever except makes an absolutely fabulous zero pitch tool <laughs> serious it fits yeah. tighter down your main blade grips than any other anything you can slide down in there. It's just like the perfect flawless machine size to go tightly down in there and and then you can check parallel with your main chat. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that about it. Yeah, I think we kind of ran astray on the on the tools, but I know yeah. now that I will be getting scorpion tools, so it was a worthwhile tangent. Yeah, you're you're sold. Yep. There you go. Well, we've got uh let's see, we have a fun fly coming in September. Yep, September seventeenth through the twentieth. Will that yeah. be I'm trying to think, will that be our 
one of the like the last event that we go to here in the northwest yeah you know our our northwest event uh calendar is filling up pretty quick so obviously we've got othello which is our season opener Mm -hmm. uh in june the last weekend of june Dieter is doing his new fun fly over in idaho yeah yep i don't know of anything in july right now honestly uh, I, I had heard talk that someone was going to try to get a, a fun fly there, but I haven't heard anything. Then, of course, after Urcha, Snohomish comes in third or fourth week of August. Uh, we come in third week of September. And then I think the first or second week of October, Brett oh, Bowen okay. is doing his second annual sagebrush down yep. in Tri-Cities. So mm-hmm. we've been trying to set it up so it's about every three to four weeks starting in may and ending in you know september october which i gotta uh, say i i personally think that the the group of northwest fun fly people deserves a a bit of a pat on the back because i think it worked out pretty good yeah yeah i think everyone's been working well together trying to you know trying to respect each other's events uh you know if it's if it's much more than three or four weeks apart, then you don't really have to worry much. Closer than three weeks, though, then you start impacting each other. And we've had a couple of those in the past where people have sat events on top of other people's events, and it's just not good for anyone because now you got to make the whole community choose which one they want to go to. You're yeah. not going to do back-to-back weekend fun flies. Especially when they're you have to travel a distance yeah, to get yeah, the Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we have, um, you know, we've got, uh, we're not quite ready to make them yet, but we have some pretty cool announcements for our fun fly. Uh, A couple Mm. really cool ones and and some potential really, really, really cool ones. Um, Not not quite ready yet, so keep keep tuned in and we will keep you guys up to date on that. Stores up and running. We are getting closer to uh, polishing some stuff up on the back end. We are going to be restocking a lot of stuff in the store and more than likely adding some new stuff in there as well. We've got tech tips going. Again, we're constantly adding to those. And then, like we were mentioning, the events. Uh, If you go to our homepage on our website, Click on the calendar. You can actually subscribe to that calendar. And Ken has been doing an awesome job of uh, going through the events list on RunRider and adding in all of the events there as well. So no more wondering, oh, when is that fun fly? <laughs> you will have it on your smartphone. Absolutely. Cool. And and to jump back briefly to the store, Nick, uh, between Ken and I, I think we've had a number of people this week or the week before uh, asked specifically about hoodies. Um, there were some challenges with the PayPal button that has been fixed and the stock is updated. So basically, if you go there and you grab the drop down menu, if it shows up as a size, that means we have it in stock and Ken is updating that thing on a regular basis. So, uh, you know, if you want to buy more than one or two and you're not sure if there are that many, Send us an email, send Ken something, he'll get back to you immediately. But uh, rest assured that if it shows up in the drop down menu, then you will be able to purchase it. 
And that's also the stores where you register for your citizen membership, which uh, if I do my head math correctly, we are very close to due for another giveaway. Oh, I yes, believe. we are. I would say I'm nearly overdue. Possibly. Hey, yeah. <laughs> shush. We're never well, no, overdue, no, no, no. Jesse. We're uh, always means... just almost there, dude. <laughs> no, no, no. Nick's that means it's that coming right out. up. Oh, that means it's coming right up. That okay. means it's like right around the corner. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, make sure if you haven't registered, 10 bucks for a lifetime. Get you all hooked up with uh, special citizen drawings, 20% off apparel at the events that we attend. And uh, it's just the, you know, people always ask, well, what can we do? There's there's two things that you can do to support us more than we could ever ask for. And that's A, just register to be a citizen. And B, make sure uh, you guys are going to be hearing some new show sponsors coming up here pretty soon. Um, make sure that when you place your orders with these guys that support us, just say thanks. That's it. Just throw a little notes in the thing and say, hey, thanks for supporting our CHN. Um, that means the world to us. And that's all we ask. Yep. Yeah. That'll do it. Do we have anything else, guys? I think that's it. We wish Dan, um, just wish Dan, I know he's going through some troubled stuff um, with some family, lost a family, very important family member to him. And um, so uh, if you guys are kind of wondering, he's doing good, just just tough times. You know, things, uh, situations like this are never easy. So, uh, you know, maybe shoot him an email. Just say, hey, man, we love you, dude. Hope all is well. And he's still keeping his head up. He's a trooper. Yeah. He'll be back. Absolutely. All right. Let's do some emails. Nick, if someone wanted to get in contact with you, how would they do that? Uh, you would send me an email at nick at rchellynation.com. Jesse, you would send me an email to jesse at rchellynation.com. If you wanted to get a hold of Dan, you could send him an email at dan at rchellynation.com. If you've got events or questions with the store, citizen cards, ken at rchellynation.com. If you want to send in some verbal questions, send them to questions at rchellynation.com. And if you want to get me, I'm Justin at rchellynation.com or catch me on Facebook. All right, guys. This has been episode 177. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. We will see you next week, and hopefully I'll feel a whole hell of a lot better. <laughs> Dan, my goblins are coming for you. Gobble, gobble. Later, guys. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Blade Helicopters, BK Servos, Revelectrics USA, and Rotary Wing RC.
If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email. Oh, I just inhale deeply and then hold my breath until I start to see stars. <laughs> that does it. It works really well. Or you can drink upside down or scare yourself. <laughs> you got to psych yourself up. You know, you kind of like you're quiet and then out of nowhere you're like, ah, <laughs> kind of like that. <laughs> what? <laughs> 